Hey, this is Sir Charles Carey from the Radiate the Brain book series. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters, and they are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Take advantage of it. This is Change the Brain, conversations without limitations. Welcome to Around the Mic with Sir Charles. You'll hear this broadcast either on the podcast, Around the Mic, or on my social media page, Change the Brain, conversations without limitations. You know, it's not just about me, so you'll hear information from different speakers, trainers, coaches, and authors, all for you. So get your pad, your notepaper, if possible, so that you can take copious notes on how you can also become better, the best version of you. And like I always say, but you've got to radiate the brain and change the game. Okay, everyone, we have a power-packed a program for you this evening. My good friend Ken Harley is here and he's going to share some words of wisdom, give you a little bit of insight. And I'm excited, so I'm ready to get started. Ken, thank you so much for uh, being available uh, for the conversation, let's just say. How you doing today, man? I am doing great, Charles. It is an honor to be here with you. Uh, privileged to get to know you. At yes. I knew you from afar uh, from watching you on television. <laughs> I watched That's the all right. I thought it was it was fantastic and you did such a good job on there and so it's when you see somebody on TV you feel like you know them already and so I, I feel like I had an unfair advantage when I met you wow. uh, I feel like I knew so uh, it, it's cool to, to really know you now is is much better absolutely and then let me return a favor by simply saying uh, I got to meet you in person in Tampa and that was a fantastic opportunity and when I saw you command the stage, I was blown away, man. You are fantastic. You know, like many of us, when we were little boys, we grew up uh, with a kinship or an interest to magic and illusions. And man, you were flawless. I was just like, wow, this guy is good, man. So all the best to you. Um, I was bowled over uh, at your performance and, uh, Man, just great to meet you as well. So let me start by asking you this, because you know I'm talking about magic and the world of illusions and things like that. How long have you uh, commanded the craft? When I was eight years old, my grandparents gave me a little magic set for Christmas. And okay. the goal was every year I would go, go to my grandmother's in Independence, Missouri for Christmas mm -hmm. and I would show her a magic trick. That's, she wanted me to show her something. And I never showed any of my friends until I was 21, 22. I, I didn't want anybody to know. I, I, in high school, my goal was to be below the radar. You know, I, I didn't put it out there at all. And uh, consequently, when I went back to my high school reunions, uh, my 20th high school reunion, I performed an illusion show and they were all blown away. And they said, well, how long have you been doing this? And said, well, long time. And why didn't you show us? Well, right. Uh, so I've been doing it professionally now for 28 years. Wow, that is fantastic. So let me just say this and ask at the same time. 
I know many of us, we sit on our gifts, we hide our gifts. We're not fully one with our gifts. And that's a, a great segue to, you know, I guess the realities of life because you had this skill, this gift, this talent, and you didn't share it. Now, what was there a particular reason that you did not share it? You know, I think for me in high school, I didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to be made fun of, you know, there was always that okay. risk of you put yourself out there, people are going to make fun of you. Yeah. You kind of just wanted to be below that radar. Was I did. Uh, yeah. It was wrong. I, let me say this. I was wrong. I should not have hidden the gift. I should have put it out there, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a big part of it. And then later on in life, I realized how many wonderful applications that the gift had. And we live in a world of illusion. We I think what we see on TV is actually real. And I'm not talking about television shows. I'm talking about everything from news reports to political figures to, I mean, everything. And we live and look at, oh, that's real. Or actors that yes. we see and think that's real and it's not. And wow. it was really a huge application because, you know, I love the movie, The Matrix. And that movie, it's all about the illusion. Everybody believes is real, but there's something huge going on behind it. And I learned that's applicable in real life. Right. You know, it's amazing that you're saying that because I'm wondering if mostly all of us have had that challenge, that problem, that fear, that uncertainty about ourselves in life, not wanting someone to know that we could act or dance or sing or whatever. And, you know, we've been shy. We keep it close to our chest, close to our hearts. And then, you know, many people, as M Dr. Miles Monroe said, have uh, gone on to the graveyard without sharing those gifts, skills, and talents. And I'm thinking, well, how many, you know, um, patents and how many inventions are also buried there? I know for myself, um, music was a family or is a family uh, trait, a family um, gift that's uh, commonly shared, of course, in ministry, but also in the secular world as well. And I couldn't wait for my opportunity to sing. And actually, you know, I, I was better than I probably uh, showed that I was. And I held it back because I was nervous of what my friends would say. What happens if I don't hit the high note? You know, all that kind of thing. So I can definitely relate to uh, uh, your concern about sharing your gift. Now, when you do, I understand you're gonna be traveling. And I'm wondering, is your traveling with your gift of, of illusions? Is that what it's about? It, it is. I'm going to be doing some illusions. I'm going to be singing. Singing? Uh, I, I didn't know you sang. I do. I, I sing. Uh, and I'll be on a cruise ship. And it's a uh, cruise through the Baltic. So I'll be on that ship and uh, singing with some uh, a lot of other really wonderful singers. And then I'm going to emcee part of an event that is going to be out there. Uh, on the sea with, uh, with, with some, some people out there. So you're like a triple quadruple threat, man. Maybe a quintuplet, quintuplet or quintuplet, whatever the word is, you know, a five times threat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it was something that was said at FTX and um, I, I want to say it was Rome. That said, uh -huh. Rome is such an incredible guy. It was another one I was so privileged to get to know. Yes. But, he made the statement, and this was really transformative too, and I think it is for a lot of people, that you never ever dim your lights because they're too bright for somebody else. Yes. 
And I think that when people have been given gifts, and I know a lot of people listening today, they've been given a lot of gifts it out there because they're thinking, well, if I put it out there, this is what I thought, you know, they're, they're going to be made fun of, or, or people are going to say, who do you think you are? You're so arrogant or all this. But when you understand that it's a gift, a, yeah. a gift is something you didn't go out and get. It's a gift of something that was given to you yep. and you're held accountable for what you do with that gift. Yes. So that, that's the best reason not to hide it. Now you're going to be in, what is it? Three or four countries, right? Coming up very uh, soon. I'll be in um, Sweden, Estonia, Finland, Denmark, and then Russia. Wow. Now, how often do you travel? I'm just kind of curious. Usually overseas. I travel probably four times a year overseas. Nice. Um, to, to just various places. And I, I'm very excited about this. These are all places I've never been before. And I love seeing new places. That's, that's one of my big, you know, oh, man, things that made me want to get up in the morning. Seeing new places is always huge for me. That's one of the things I like about what we do as well, because a new city, a new state, a new audience every time is like just wonderful. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's invigorating, you know. Now, as far as technology and all that, has that played a part in, you know, magic and the world of illusions? Or is that really, um, you know, a separate entity and it's, you know, hasn't found its way into your world yet? There are some technology things that I utilize now, not nearly as much. There, there's a group coming up who do a ton of things with their, their magic is mostly with their iPhones, their iPads. And okay. I've, seen some, I've seen some of them on like Ellen's show. There's a guy yeah. that did something with an iPad and he was phenomenal. Uh, there's a very creative magician on TV, has a show called The Carbonaro Effect. I like him. I love him. He is brilliant. He's so good. He's a Michael Carbonaro. He's amazing. Yeah. And so there's those type of things that are going on. There is a group that I was raised on, like David Copperfield. That's that. Yeah. That was the guy. Uh, and he's still performing out in Vegas. But one of the things he would always say is, "What you're going to see is exactly what you would see if you were standing right here." Hmm. So people would, because most people look at stuff and they go, oh, it's camera trick. Right. Uh, I've even done live shows where people come up to me afterwards and, and they said, now, was that just an optical illusion? Some kind of, were you using the cameras? Because that camera shooting the event. And I went, no, you were sitting in the audience. That's, you saw it. That, that was it. That's right. Uh, and it's, it's unexplainable to some people because they can't wrap their mind right. One, I guess probably the biggest effect I ever did was I got a, I had a car up on the stage on four jack stands and I got, I borrowed items from different people in the audience, uh, watches, rings, things like that. And then I had them write on a piece of paper. We put all that in the trunk of the car, raised curtains on four sides of it, dropped the curtains and the car was gone. Ah. Four jack stands sitting there. And then four seconds later, we walked out to the front door of the auditorium. There was a curtain covering the front door. We dropped it and the car was in the parking lot. Wow, you are the real deal, man. <laughs> well, That's great. It, it was a cool effect, but people, uh, when they watched, I, I realized there was such power in the room. But I had, I made a video of it, and put the video out there, and inevitably everybody went, ah, it's just a camera trick. They just dismiss it because the video, because yeah. anything can happen. Yeah, the technology works for and against you. I guess is the point I'm making. Yeah, that's true. I got, I got you now. I remember, it's funny that we're talking about this because I wasn't really sure where the conversation was going to go. 
No, you remember Doug Henning? Oh, yeah. Now, Doug was really the precursor to David. Right. Now, I believe Doug did work with Earth, Wind, and Fire, or was it David, when they did oh, their thing, the Sphinx, I mean, the um, Pyramid, that and was their shows. That, that was Doug. And the guy that worked behind the scenes with Doug, if you look at the credits, you'll see a guy named Andre Cole. Okay. Uh, Andre Cole is the guy that taught me. Really? Same guy. And he was just a, he's a master of stage illusion. Uh, he's the one that came up with the Statue of Liberty disappearing for David Copperfield. That was his idea as to how to do it. And just brilliant. Uh, and his, now he's well into his 80s now, so doesn't do anything anymore. But he did a stage illusion with a miniature Statue of Liberty. And I say miniature, it was about uh, 13 feet tall. And that thing disappeared. They would put a curtain around it, and you could see the top of it sticking out. And the curtain would raise up this way, and it would disappear from the floor up. That's amazing. That's amazing. It, so, I mean, I'll, I will I, say this. I readily admit it. I still don't know how it's done. Yeah, look, when I saw um, Doug working with Earth, Wind, and Fire, I got to see how it was done. Now, I didn't know, but it was really. Uh, just exciting. I mean, you know, they had these, uh, I think space, they came, they went to the uh, pyramid and as they went to the pyramid, should I say it? Should I tell it? Well, they went to the pyramid as themselves and then you would see um, one by one, these aliens would come out with spacesuits and I figured out that obviously the helmets were inside of the pyramid. So when they went in as themselves, they would grab a helmet, put it on, and come out and stand there like they're part of the act, like doing all the stuff like this and, and you know, all this. But it was actually them because I had a side angle suit. I didn't know what I was looking at until it just appeared to me. It dawned on me that, oh, so when the pyramid goes up in the air and collapses and there's nothing inside, that's what they did. They went in as themselves put on a helmet, came out like their staff, pyramids raised, it collapses, and they're not inside. And then, of course, they walk to the front of the stage and take off their helmets and bow. It was just amazing, man. Oh, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire still to this day. Philip Bailey, oh, my goodness, man can sing. I hate him still, man, because he's hitting <laughs> that high note. And I look, look, I no longer can hit the high note, and I no longer sing, but I love music every now and then. I do get the itch because, I mean, it's just a feeling. It's just an innate feeling about something that's really a part of me. I think one of my favorite songs is I Write the Song, you know, uh -huh. great song. Now, since we're on this path talking about magic and illusions, do you remember when TV magic tricks used to come on, the commercial on television? You could buy this box with the missing thumb and the, you know, the cards and, Marshall Brodeen. That's the really? Guy. That's the guy that did it. He's passed away. Oh, Marshall man. Marshall Brodeen. I'm writing his name down, you know. Is he still around? <laughs> no, no. He, he's passed away now. Okay. But, um, it was funny because she used to say that a friend of mine just last week on Facebook, uh -huh. he was in a toy store, and one of Marshall Brodeen's decks of cards that he sold in that magic set was still being sold at a toy store. So that was, it's pretty amazing. I took the time to learn how to read the cards and oh man, it was oh. really, 
interesting, you know. Um, that was a process. That, that, you did that. That's tough. Yeah, because they were coded, but you really just had to take your time. And, you know, I talk as a speaker, I speak about mindset, leadership and communication, but mindset is the foundation of it. And I'm always saying the right mindset is all you need. That's one of my catchphrases. And to me, that's truly it. You know, even with music, with anything, you know, when you have the right mindset, a willing mindset, a desire to apply the mindset, there's nothing under the sun that you probably cannot only understand, but possibly even achieve. So I, uh, I was so into it because my parents bought it for me and, you know, I had looked at every item and I was trying to make sure I mastered everything. Now, of course, it was a phase for me, but I still have such a great respect for um, magic, the world of magic and illusions, and um, of course, Houdini. I mean, just, I can't say all the greats because I don't know them all, but that world is just fascinating to me, you know? And there are some really good ones out there. It's funny because the, the best ones are ones you probably never even heard of. Because I was going to ask you about, uh, what's his name, Andre Cole. I'm like, I never heard his name, man. Like, did he ever command the platform himself, or did he have a, a synonym, or, you know, I mean, I don't, not a synonym, but you know what I mean. A pseudonym. Uh, Andre Cole's stage name. That, that, that's his stage name, Andre Cole. Uh, oh, okay. His name is Robert Gertler, and he, he dates back a while. There was an old show on television back in the 60s uh, called... The magician mm. with Bixby, the guy who went on to play the Incredible Hulk, and Bill Bixby. Uh, Andre Cole was the consultant. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, we're kindred spirits. We know these these names and these people in these eras and in, in in time and in life. Wow. Yeah, and an interesting story I'll tell you about that Bill Bixby and Andre Cole. There's an illusion that I did, and if you YouTube, there, there's a a YouTube Ken Hartley promo. You'll see my the promotional video, and it's from a lot. It's from ten years ago, but uh-huh. there's a. You'll see the thing where there's these huge spikes pointing down, and there's an explosion, and the spikes come crashing down on me, um, and that's one of the illusions I did. It's called the Table of Death. Okay, that illusion was in an episode of The Magician with Bill Bixby, but he was about to do it the wrong way in rehearsal, and it was it was going to kill him, and Andre Cole ran out on the set and saved his life. Uh, because these illusions, some of them are very dangerous if you do them That's wrong. amazing, man. And so Andre Cole saved Bill Bixby's life. Now, The Magician, <clears throat> is that the program <clears throat> where the man wears a mask and is kind of either striped or just all black? No, no. That The Magician was a show back in the 1960s. Uh, what you're talking oh, about... 60s, 60s. Okay, I'm talking about the Netflix guy. You're talking about the masked magician. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah? Who's a guy? Personally, I didn't care for because he was making his living off giving away secrets, right? Uh, other than actually performing effective magic. But uh, guys like him, you know, were kind of the flash in the pan. Uh, I, I I mean, I would tell you the guy's name, but I don't want to give any more advertisement for him. No, uh, that's okay. It's fine. But uh, you have real guys who are out there doing it. You you have your uh, David Copperfields. You have your David Blaine's. Oh, like uh, David Blaine, great. Oh my goodness, that guy is amazing. Have you worked with him as well? No, I've not worked with David Blaine. Uh, not yet. Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I've not gotten to work with him, but uh, I have met David Copperfield. 
Uh, of course, I do know Andre very well. There's another guy who's, uh, again, people you may not know, his name is Michael Amar. Michael okay. Amar is, is a guy who has won the World Championship of Magic. Uh, all three categories, world champion, all three categories, one of the few to ever do that. And he is one of the ones who instructed me in close-up. And that was, you know, I'm a big believer too. And this is so applicable for people listening. People listening going, yeah, I'm not really into magic. Why am I listening to this? Because it gives you the power of mentors. Mm. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do at a level that you want to do it at and then latch yourself to them and say, hey, will you instruct me? You may have to pay them, pay them for their time. Uh, says that all the time. Yes. Yes. Don't, uh, and don't ask to go out to lunch. Nobody wants to go out to lunch. Just be honest. Say, I want to learn from you. Uh, and pay how much an hour, how much is it for an hour of your time? And right. to be willing to put that down there. If you talk to John Maxwell, John Maxwell will tell you he learned from John Wooden. Oh, really? Famous coach, John Wooden. And he paid him by the hour. Wow. And so if you, if you want to learn from these people, learn from the best. And I think that's a huge lesson for all of us. Now, when you do your thing, I noticed that even though it was a, a brief bit, <clears throat> and I don't mean a bit like a, a joke, but you know, your, your, your time that you were allotted for Tampa was a short time frame. Mm -hmm. Do you go in with story and is that your style pretty much how you do your, your entire act? Cause I think that's fascinating. Uh, it is. I utilize it now because it's such an attention grabber. I can walk out there on a stage and you know, most people are thinking one of two things as you walk out on stage. They either, they all, they all judge us by how we look. It's, that's just reality. Yeah. And they're thinking, why should I care mm -hmm. what the person has to say and how does this apply to me? Yes. I try to answer that. Why should I care within the first 30 or 40 seconds? Okay. Because once I do something that's visual, that pops, like I shred a newspaper and then it, it falls back together. Right. After that, they're locked. Now they want to know what's he going to do next. I don't want to look away because I don't want to miss it. So now I've kind of earned the right to speak into, into their life and to say something of value. And hopefully that's where the good content comes in. Now that, that's amazing because that's exactly what I was thinking when you did that, uh, that piece of work uh, in Tampa, I was like, Oh man, I hope he's going to do something else. Well, you know, I can't say that I'm so special that I'm the only one that's interested but I'm, I was really dialed in and I really love what you did. Um, now, do you speak also independently of your act or do you do only incorporate the two together? No, I speak individually. And the way I view it now is formally the illusions were real. I was known as a magician and illusionist. That's what I was known for. Okay. Now I'm really known more as a speaker, leadership, personal growth expert who does illusion. And I see okay. the illusion now as kind of icing, not the cake. It's just something I put out there to kind of sweeten it up, to make sure. really clue, uh, clue into what I'm doing and watch. That's nice, man. I, I love what you're doing. I, I you know, love that I had an opportunity to experience it so close and man, just great job. So now what do you, you know, how can I ask this? Uh, what's the next big thing for you? I know you're going on your trip, but sometimes what we do is we go into the world as a particular thing, you know, a speaker or a trainer or a singer, whatever the case may be. And then the next thing you know, that person is going on a tour or that person has got a box set or that person has the best of what's your um, 
next best thing that's going to, that the world can expect from you? Uh, well, there are two things that are coming out uh, in the next week and a half. And this is going to sound completely off topic. Uh, I almost did not release this because I felt like it was soft topic. It was Del Toro who kind of smacked me and said, hey, you gotta, you've got to do this. Growing up, I've been with my family. I've been to Disney World over 300 times. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm releasing a, a book called How I Do Disney that helps people plan their vacation, get okay. through the parks, even on busy days. And that's going to be released online within the next two weeks. There is a book right now that is at the formatter, and this is the big one. It's the one I've been working on for the better part of three years, and it's called Leadership Illusions. Mm, I love that, especially because it's you, man. Yes. I love that. So it's 21 things people believe about leadership that are not true. And that book is actually at the printer. If you remember uh, at Eli, the book guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli is doing that for me. He's fantastic. I highly recommend it. He's done a great job. And he is going to, uh, he's putting all that together for me. And that book will release September 3rd. On September 28th, I'm doing an event in McGowan, Texas with Nick Vujicic. I don't know if you know who Nick is or not, but Nick is one of the he is one of the best motivation. He's ranked actually the number one or two motivational speaker in the world. He was born with no arms, no legs. Yes, 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 yes. He, he's just the most incredible guy. And he's going to be speaking. There's going to be about 7,000 young people at this event in a stadium. And I'm going to be speaking for that. And that's really the official release date for the book is September 28th. Oh, that's great, man. That is great. Wow. That, man, that's awesome. You're doing some really special things and some really big things, you know, that's great. So now in next, in the next five, maybe 10 years, is there some big oversized over the top audacious uh, goal or thing that you have your eyes on or, you know, what's, what's, what can the world expect from you in the future? One of the things that I, I really am committed to taking this leadership and personal growth brand out there and the brand is called transformational truths okay i, I believe truth <clears throat> puts you in the position of freedom okay I, deep down i think that's the natural state of everybody they want to be free free mm -hmm. from other people telling them what their hopes their aspirations should be who they should spend their time with what they should do when they should go on vacation when they can't right. people, people <clears throat> don't want that oppressiveness in their life. They want freedom. Transformational yes. truth is about transforming them from the inside out. And you're going to hear more from me about a subject called cause and effect. That's going to be a big thing. And I believe that is going to be what I'm going to be talking about for sure for the next 10 years. Uh, because too many people focus on the effect without mm -hmm. focusing on the cause. If they will focus on the cause instead of the effect, they can fix what's going on in their lives and become more and be more. My goal, my destiny is to help every single person, every single person who's watching this right now is to help every one of them step into their God-given destiny and become who they were always supposed to be, who they've always dreamt of becoming, but never told a soul about because they were afraid they couldn't do it. I'm here to help them break through those limits and make it reality. So is that the one that's called the Hartley How? The Hartley How. Oh, I like that. That's yours. That's for you, man. Write it down. That's I got you. 
I do. <laughs> See, you got, you got me. You feel me on that? I'm, whatever. Oh, oh, I got book, you, man. Book, audio, video program, whatever. Yes. I, I feel that, man. You know, yeah, too. Wow. that's one of the things that, you know, and I'm trying to get preaching on people, but that's one of the things that God has given me. It's not so much about being a singer or a writer or an author. What I have discovered that when God has given you the talent of creativity, you are an artist. It's not about one particular thing or one part of the art. You are an artist. Now, I'm not saying that everyone can do it because that's not true. But many of us recognize that we have the ability to have a conversation about things that we're not formally trained on. We have the ability to walk people through things that we logically have no business doing. And for me, I can do those things, but I come up with things that are not for me. And why not give it to the person that could capitalize on it? You know, maybe that's the thing I'm going to be doing in the future. I don't know. But for now, I hear it, I see it, and I give it away. So that's, that's so huge. You know, you have, you have an abundance mentality. That's why you do that. And I think more people in our world, if we had that, I think mm -hmm. it would be so much of a better place realizing that well, and what you're saying, the more you give away like that too, the more you're going to get. Yes, sir. Now, you're also in ministry. Is that correct? Or am I off on that? I am. I am. I've been in full-time ministry for 30 years now. Wow. See, it's, it's all sewn together. The leadership, you know, um, the, the magic component, you know, it all, I can see it, how it's woven together and it builds to a bigger how, if you will, or a bigger purpose. You know, that's, that's wonderful, man. This has really been a very interesting conversation and an enjoyable one as well. Wow, man. I have thoroughly enjoyed being with you. Um, the good thing we didn't know about this when we were together in Tampa because we wouldn't have been paying attention. Right. I've been to Charles. Let's go over here and let's talk. You know? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, listen, man, uh, how can people contact you? They can get me on my website at hartleyleadership.com. Hartleyleadership.com, or they can email me at ken at hartleyleadership.com. Hartley is H A R T L E Y. Fantastic, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again, once again, for just taking a little bit of time out of your day to share with the audience on Change the Brain Conversations Without Limitations. And then, as I always say, folks, if you want to change, you got to radiate the brain, and change the game. We'll see you next time. Now you know you should know. I know. Everybody knows.